Welcome to The Suck Zone. Today we are talking about Yondabont's Mask Twister. This suggestion came through us uh, came to us through spinning the wheel um, from some listener suggestions on Twitter. And our friend Jessica gave us Twister, and I was absolutely pumped to get to talk about this one. Uh, before we get into that, a little bit of housekeeping. Make sure that you guys are still, uh, if possible, uh, throwing some cash to Transform KC and One Struggle KC or any other sort of bail fund, anything like that in your area. There is still a lot happening, and we want to continue to keep up momentum in our country as we push forward for social change. So make sure that you are making your voice heard and vote with your dollar, uh, all of that kind of stuff, um, and just help people out. And before we get into the actual meat of the episode, Jeff and Riley, how doing are you good. guys doing? Doing good. Yeah, doing good. I'm still stuck on uh, the suck zone, I think. <laughs> I well, you're here, baby. <laughs> now, that's not the scientific name for it. <laughs> if you listen to Dusty, he, he explains that quite well, I think. Mm-hmm. I have some thoughts on Dusty. Let's get into it. Uh, well, we are going to get into a literal fist fight about Dusty. No, I, I think imagine. I think you're going to be surprised. But okay, we'll see. all right. I oh yeah, I I don't want to get into it yet. I have a ton of thoughts on Dusty. Oh yeah, you know what? Let's start it out. Weird transition, but I do want to just kind of highlight this movie does uh, have two of my personal favorite actors who are also no longer with us, with Philip Seymour Hoffman and Bill Paxton. Consider this episode a tribute to them because I have nothing but glowing things to say about them and this movie. Uh, but before we really get carried away uh, with Twister Talk, what have you guys been watching over the past two weeks? I watched a couple of things this week. Just some stuff in the background. We've been working. Watched Tommy Boy. It's a good classic. Um, also watched Edge of Tomorrow, also known as Live, Live, Die, Repeat. Or something like that. It had like eight titles. It's, it's yeah, it's both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go to bat for that movie. I love that movie. Like, love that movie. So I've heard it's actually kind of an action masterpiece. I haven't watched it yet. I think it's up there with not necessarily like a great Tom Cruise performance. Like, I think he is good, but I think it's like one of my favorite Tom Cruise movies, which, like, I love all Tom Cruise movies. So I'd say in a lot. Bill, have you not? So you haven't seen it at all, right, Ty? I have not seen. Riley, have you seen, I haven't that seen one? it either? No. No, it's 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 super solid. It's got some good sci-fi. It's very well acted. Um, Bill Paxton is in it. That's one of the reasons I watched it this week. Oh man, honestly, Ty, maybe one of my favorite Bill Paxton roles. Wow, he's not in it all that. Like he he's probably in it for like fifteen total minutes, but he conquers the movie he is just chewing scenery he's like this uh drill sergeant and he (laughs) it is so good it is so up your alley for paxton-esque so you have not checked that out listeners you should definitely check out edge of tomorrow yeah i i'm going to have to watch that one soon it's you really sold me with the paxton performance there i thought i might and then otherwise, we, we finished um, All Be Gone in the Dark on HBO. I talked about that the last couple episodes. Just a good true crime. And then I finally finished Veep. Uh, made it oh, all the way through. how is it? Seven seasons. I, I love it. It's it's up there with one of my favorite sitcoms. It's a show that like builds and builds and builds on its characters. So it's it's really good. 
have to check that one out. How about you guys? Riley, what have you been watching this week? Uh, Movie-wise, haven't watched too much. Um, I think last weekend, I yeah, last weekend I watched this movie called Hero that I put Ooh. in the library. It's a Jet Li movie from 2002. It's an awesome movie. It's shot amazingly. It's all, you know, all very, like, color-driven. A little, only, the only tick, I think I, I gave it like a 9 out of 10. The only thing is you gotta like you gotta be okay with like the uh wire work the wire work yeah. yeah it's it's one of those but it works really well because it's more of a telling of legend versus an mm. actual fight uh, if see, you see I see i don't way. have a problem with wire work no i don't either but i like you just i know a lot of, of those, people do yeah for sure it's definitely one of those where you have to be okay with it for it to work Mm-hmm. And then the other movie watched Friday night. Uh, my sister came into town, and she and Caitlin had not seen this movie. Uh, we watched Hereditary. Hell yeah, a good the family famously, fun. yeah, the famously not Oscar nominated movie. This movie though, I think I had rated like maybe a seven and a half on my first watch, and after the second watch, this one was definitely a nine for me. And I think that's just a lot to... I lost my train of thought. I have to give a lot of credit for watching more A24 stuff, I think is why. I think I learned that that's more of my alley. And revisiting Hereditary really uh, benefited from that. And then everything else, in the middle of the week, we started up on Love Island again. So, (laughs) shout out season four. (laughs) Season four? No. No. Sorry, season five. We're watching season five right now. There you go. You gotta you gotta oscillate in between the really good, which can sometimes get heavy, and then the really dumb, which is not heavy at all. You gotta pick your right. your lights and your it's, heavies. Yeah, it's our during the weeks or during the week show. Yep. Just come home and relax. That's been a Grey's Anatomy for Catherine, and so I. It's also been Grey's Anatomy for me because I'm typically in the room. I did not realize just like how much of that show is dedicated to people having sex oh yeah and like in a hospital it's like this isn't this isn't right you're supposed to be saving lives in this hospital that's how every hospital is yeah and then so what i've watched movie wise over the past two weeks uh last night i watched or rewatched dragon ball super broly which is fantastic super good couldn't agree more Still trying to decide if we should just throw Jeff into that one with a minimal working knowledge of DBZ. I think I think we should do that versus talking about like the last Airbender yeah. without him seeing the show. I think we should just throw him into a Dragon Ball movie. Yeah, because so rewatching it, they do explain a lot and they they give you a working knowledge of what you need to know for the movie. So I, I think we could do that. Uh, then Catherine and I watched Bad Education. The uh, Hugh Jackman movie, where he is the superintendent who embezzles just, like, millions of dollars. And it it was good. I'm probably not going to go back and watch it because it is kind of like a biopic. And it's like, I now I know how that all went down. Cool. I don't really need to revisit it. That's fine. I think that in the hands of, like, Soderbergh could have been really fun, though. It's been a long weekend, uh, and for just context in case i can't edit it all out we are currently housing two dogs for friends so that puts us up to four dogs and two cats in this house right now so if i'm distracted or you pick up any background noise that is why 
Uh, then I watched Police Story, uh, starring Jackie Chan, older one uh, from the 80s. Fantastic stunt work. It starts out as a comedy, but then it almost turns into like a hard-boiled revenge thriller, and just the tonal shift is insane. Uh, but I followed that one up with the final 45 minutes of 13 Assassins. I yes. decide I didn't want to go through the whole two-hour movie at like 12:30 a.m. I was like, I've got, I've got that final like final scene in me from 13 Assassins though. But my real standout of the past two weeks, uh, because it's just been like a long and draining weekend and just week, I don't even know why I'm just tired. So I decided to throw on the uh, Big Trouble in Little China commentary track, which is just John Carpenter and Kurt Russell hanging out and guys being dudes. It's fantastic. Like if you had to put a tagline for just if you made a poster for the commentary of Big Trouble in Little China, the tagline would just be Dudes Rock. Uh, and <laughs> it's just like Kurt Russell giggling his way through the movie and John just being John Carpenter. You can tell neither of them care because they're still just surprised that this movie went anywhere and surprised that they have been asked to even do a commentary on this and because they recorded the commentary, I believe, in 2003. <laughs> so a good almost 20 years later. And it's it's so good. If you just need some cheering up in your life, just watch The Big Trouble in Little China with commentary because it will cheer you right up. Anyway, let's talk about how good Twister is. Released in 1996, directed by Jan de Bont, starring... Uh, this is Helen Hunt, right? Not Bonnie? Okay. Yeah, Helen Hunt, Bill Paxton, Carrie Elwes, Philip Seymour Hoffman... Cameron from Ferris Bueller, the uh, greaser from The Fast and Furious, and a couple other names. Well, big cast. The the kid who gets gunned down, right, Riley? No, Jesse is not in the the race wars guy. Hold on, he's one of the he's one of their crew. He's one of the guys driving the RVs. Are you talking about the guy with the weird teeth? Yeah. Hold on. Well, what's I his don't name? I think that's him. Now I gotta find it. Hold on. Yeah, what was his character's name? Do we know? Um, hold on. Let me see. Okay, so we're back, and we just spent a few minutes trying to decide if I was right or not, and I am definitely not right, and that is not the guy who gets gunned down in the Fast and Furious. But anyway, basically what I'm getting at is Twister has an insanely stacked cast and is a super great movie. What do you... Actually, I think there are some good rotten reviews for for this one. I'll pull them up real quick. There's one that says, You know a movie is in trouble when a cow provides its only moment of authentic human interest. What? How do you not have any vested human interest with this team? (laughs) All right, yeah, and I'm going to read these for myself now. Effects apart, this is dire. Predictable, clished, because he doesn't spell cliched right. Get better, Geoff. Uh, Sloppily written, pitifully performed, and surprisingly short of real shocks and suspense. Disagree. Let's check another. Even with most of Michael Crichton's concoctions, you're on thin ice already here, Todd McCarthy, This one conveys the overwhelming impression of a mechanical entertainment, a very high concept in which the characters and their problems seem like utterly arbitrary creations. 
Big time disagree with that guy as well. So let's give a brief synopsis because I am raring to get into what I liked about this movie, but let's give a brief synopsis about what Twister is. Bill Paxton playing, I believe his character's name is just... Do I recall that correctly? Yep. Looking through the IMDb, it looked like a lot of people just played them, like just gave their own name. Yeah, there's like that'll just make it easier. <laughs> I can tell this movie's going to be huge, so I don't want so, people calling me my character's Bill, name. <laughs> this movie opens with Bill Paxton as Bill, a man who desperately is trying to get divorced. Uh, that's actually not how it opens. It opens with a scene of Joe and her family. <laughs> Uh, she loses her dad to a tornado because he just gets sucked right out of the storm shelter. And then flash forward to the future, and we are introduced to Bill Paxton, uh, Helen Hunt as Joe, and this whole team of storm chasers. And basically, as it works out, um, Bill and Joe are married. They're, they've been separated for a long time, and they all basically used to lead this storm chasing team. Bill left to go become a weatherman, and then... He, as they're trying to get their new uh, storm-sensing technology into the air, he kind of rediscovers his love and his passion for both storm-chasing and his wife. Also, Carrie Elwes is the villain in this movie, the other villain than the Tornadoes, and he is a rival scientist also trying to um, figure out this technology, but then he flies too close to the sun and gets exploded after his driver gets harpooned through the chest by shrapnel. I think that's pretty succinct. I think that sums it up. All right, so what did you guys like about Twister? Jeff, go ahead. <laughs> um, I overall enjoyed it. Um, I, I think what I like about this movie is that I was remarking on this, that there's, there's not a lot of movies made like this anymore. Not necessarily that there's, there's still like disaster movies made and stuff like that. But the the action movie with intentional like laughs and levity. It's not an action comedy, right? But it's it's an action movie that has laughs in it. Is not super common anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, or the ones they make are like fucking stupid. Like they're like Netflix versions of that. You know what I mean? Where they like they're just not trying very hard. So like, it's, it's cool to look back on an era where like that was kind of the norm. And so that's kind of what I appreciated about Twister. It's like, it's 1996. It feels super 1996. You know what I mean? Like everything about the movie feels exactly how it was. And so I enjoy movies that are still entertaining now, but also a microcosm of what life was like then right oh yeah this is one of the most 90s movies of all time yeah and i i kind of want to touch on that before you uh keep going with your point i watched this on vhs and it like it added to this experience so much more like it i say this about a lot of movies as a joke but watching twister on vhs truly is like the prime viewing experience for this movie just like a little grainy like is yeah. that kind of what you're going for audio's yeah. a little grainy yeah you're getting a lot of speaker blowouts with the uh-huh. uh tornadoes and what it does do really well though is watching it on vhs kind of covers some of the cg issues that are present in this movie and overall just almost gives it like a found footage type feel like you're just following these storm chasers and that's really cool does it make the effects seem 
like they could be practical effects. You mean like obviously not the CGI of the twister and stuff, but like I found myself watching it on the big screen, like n- noticing a lot of things mm-hmm. that specifically haven't aged well as far as the effects. So I think you might be right that I think you know, it's a so. Experience. I also watched it on a thirty-two inch. Um, so it wasn't because the the big TV does not have the hookups for the VCR. Imagine that. <laughs> but yeah, so watching it on that, there's so much that just doesn't stand out as far as the effects go and the only thing that really stood out are some of the twisters some of them even look just like legit tornado shots which was really cool some of the twisters and then the cows the cow cg is still really bad on vhs they didn't quite get that one down yet i don't think that was even good in 1996 no we all just kind of suspended disbelief on that one um one thing i thought this movie did well I don't know. Well, I gotta figure. I gotta phrase this right because I think part of it's gonna come up later as well. The the, but I'm gonna exclude Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt, and just talk about the rest of the storm chasing crew. Why are you excluding Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt, huh? I think the rest (laughs) of the crew, they all felt very natural. I thought they all had very good chemistry as like a as a unit. I don't know, they just portrayed that they'd all been through a lot of stuff together and, you know, they were all good friends and they all shared this passion of storm chasing and I thought that was cool. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of, like, buddy camaraderie, mm-hmm. you know, even world building that they do that I think is is super successful. They um, make this world feel very real and lived in. I actually think, I don't know if I was talking to you guys or talking to somebody else about it, but I think that we... Got a lot of Twister threads going on today. Uh, well, not recently, but in the past, I was... I, I think I was talking to you guys, but for this is going to get hyper-regional for a second, uh, which, you know, that's nothing new on this podcast. But I think I was talking to some people, I think it might have been you guys, that we nailed down that the F5 in this movie hypothetically could have been the f5 that hit heston in the early 90s weren't we talking about that i don't I think, think so because the one that hit heston is 1990 yeah well yeah so okay this is so this, movie, this came out in 96 you could feasibly believe that it was a few years earlier because mm. i think it hit 91 or early 92 i'm not sure i don't think you're having that you don't i don't think you have that cell phone in 1990 it, it also definitely hit in 1990 Okay. Like that's like that's a hundred percent correct. Yeah, well, my head canon is that it is the same F five because this thing goes through Canton <laughs> and it is making a beeline towards Heston. <laughs> also, um, I also I don't think that's the way that tornado went in nineteen ninety. Yeah, tornadoes always go northeast, man. Don't check our kid. Tyler heard about the Heston tornado and then watched Twister and he's like, so that's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) So this movie, actually, when I was a kid, I watched this movie one time in Florida before I even moved to Heston and I was terrified. This was the scariest movie I had ever seen when I was like four years old. Like tornadoes are scary. Yeah. Serious shit. I will say that is something that uh, you were talking about getting super regional. And there is, I don't know, I'm going to make an assumption. There's something about watching a natural disaster movie 
when you have either experienced or have always been in the threat of that very same natural disaster. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if hurricane movies hit the same for people who, like, live in Florida or not. But I, like, watched Twister, and I, like, I like actually understood a lot of the stuff they were talking about. Because oh, yeah. I've heard it right. on the weather, like, all growing up. Like, and we had network TV. Like, we didn't have cable, so, like, it got interrupted by weather all the time. And so, I don't know. I just thought it was funny, like them being glued to the tv like watching the weather storm come Mm -hmm. in that's half my childhood well (laughs) to continue the regional thing i don't know if you guys ever did uh but i won't i won't go full like name drop here but we had a friend uh who is your age jeff who wanted to be a meteorologist and i frequently went storm chasing with him which now, like, looking back, thinking about what could have happened was one of the dumbest things we could have done. <laughs> but we legit went storm chasing in his family minivan several times. Avid listener of this podcast, I believe. That's true. Yeah, shout out, John. We'll text him later. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think there's there's something unique about that, for sure. What I do like is that the the quote-unquote science behind this movie is like half true i can remember the first time i ever like really thought a tornado was going to come and fuck us up was my mom was working at the bank and they had all the bank workers like go into the vault and so like i know we like had called her ahead of time but like this is before everybody had cell phones um or at least before we had cell phones and so it's 2011 yeah yeah, could have been any any time really no we we had called her she'd called us before she went into the vault and said hey like we're going into the vault like i'll let you know and then like we didn't hear from her for like an hour and a half oh god and like we we were fine we were at home in the basement and stuff but like she was waiting and then she just drove home like instead of calling us letting us know that she was coming home um and so like we were like you know, nothing hit here, but we hadn't heard anything had hit in town. Um, and so we were, like, really scared, even though we we're, like, super close. We would have known if it would have hit anything. Um, but, like, I, I have very, very distinct memories with, you know, tornadoes growing up. So a lot of the stuff in this movie is pretty spot on. Although none of these people have, have basements. That seems like a very un-Midwest thing for none of them to have yeah. basements. This was before the advent of basements. I mean, the only house we see is uh, Meg's, like, super old farmhouse. So I think that one's probably plausible that it doesn't have a basement to it. That they would have a storm shelter. They Actually, go- wait, no, no, no. No, she, I'm sorry, she did have a basement. I was going to say, Meg she did said have she, one. Yeah, she said she didn't have time to get down to it. But I, and then the barn at the end, that's just a barn. Yeah. But, like, they don't get into their... Who builds their storm shelter, like, a hundred yards away from their house, right? Like, that person is building a cellar or something. Like, they're building it real close so they can get in. Probably after everybody saw Twister, they're like, ah, we gotta fucking move that thing. Twister caused the advent of the the in-ground basement. (laughs) Uh, So, something I wanted to talk about, uh, you kind of touched on it with the characters. Honestly, I... One... I think Bill Paxton does give a very strong performance in this. It's so out of type for him, but it works. He is just this everyman who also is like super great at being a storm chaser. I think they write him perfectly. 
and like as it comes out he started out as just some guy and then got into it well okay, so the bill paxton thing i guess he it's kind of in between for me because it, it's just i think it's a bill paxton thing mm-hmm. I, I i do like him in this role but the thing with bill paxton in every movie i've seen him in is it sounds like he goes back and dubs over his own voice yeah that's fair yeah and it, i don't know what it is i guess I don't, it's not something i don't like it's just like oh that's the bill paxton thing bill paxton human adr see i i'm with riley where like my favorite paxton roles are where he's like really going for it and he he's like kind of goofy almost well you this know what is mean? Like his most reserved role for sure well, and, and that's right. why i think that's why i think it's weird to me because i haven't seen him do it this much and so when he's being sincere like i have a hard time you know what i mean just based on all the other oh stuff yeah I know yeah you know he's somebody trying to be very sincere and actually make a meaningful point but you just think he's doing a bit yeah i totally right. get that yeah so i can't tell can't if it's me or if it's that. him but you know what i mean like i i do yeah. In some of those serious or sweet moments, like you're kind of like, mm, I don't know about this. Right? Yeah. I mean, right. my my favorite Bill Paxton role is insanely over the top, and that's him in Aliens. Right. But I right. also still love I love what he does with this everyman character in here. But talking about other character actors, I really want to touch on um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's performance as Dusty. Because Dusty is, one, introduced as just this wild dude who is just cracking jokes, out totally out there, like a burnout. But as soon as things get serious, as soon as they say that it's heading towards Wakita, he, like, he flips on a dime and there's a lot of heart and pathos to his character. And he completely turns it off. He's suddenly taking this all seriously. And... So it's not his own safety he cares about. He's not worried about that. But the people he cares about who have not voluntarily put themselves in this situation, that is when he takes it seriously. I think that's actually just a really interesting performance and character to include in this. He's He feels so human. Right. I feel like, yeah, he probably seems like one of the most accurate portrayals of a storm chaser. Yeah. Like just kind of goofy and out there and then when it's time to get down to business he's your go-to guy he's got his oh you hat on yeah oh yeah i know i know who that guy is like i've met that guy in real life (laughs) i think and that goes to the costume department throwing an ou hat on this character was perfect like unbelievable so small and such a like maybe even afterthought of a decision but putting him in an ou hat especially as like a big 12 fan like that says something you have met this guy like you know exactly who this guy is yeah i also thought um who who's the character that it's alan ruck right yeah plays cameron yeah i also thought he was really good and and this might be peeking ahead too far into a scene we're gonna do later but like one of my favorite scenes is where they're at meg's farmhouse yeah and like that's where you really see the camaraderie of the gang right. get together yeah. and and um, when they're helping like Meg out of her house later, you know what I mean? And they're all like going up to her and like giving her a kiss and like helping her down. You know what I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. I just felt like both Alan Ruck and Philip Seymour Hoffman like did such a good job of being like 
this is a person who's part of our crew and this is how we treat people who are in our crew. Um, mm-hmm. So like what you were saying earlier, Ty, this is another example of that. Well, so even kind of touching on both of them together now, we see very little of them actually, like we see them all as a group, but you have this feeling from the performance that Rabbit and Dusty are best friends you completely get that vibe that these two are like inseparable and they are like lifelong friends. At least I got that vibe. I feel like that's how, that's how I, that's how I felt like for the whole, the like pretty much the whole crew minus our like two main characters. Mm -hmm. I think that does persist through the whole crew, but it's something about both of those guys. It's like, I know this friend pairing too. Like not just, I know this guy in the OU hat. I know this exact like set of friends, these two guys. Mm Mm-hmm. Should we get into? Uh, do you have anything else for what you really like, Ty? Before we no, get into I don't. Next I think I think that was really just a succinct uh, way to put everything. Um, I do actually. I will just like highlight what you guys said about this. This is just it's a large scale action movie, but also there's a huge human element to it. It's it's not just a cheap blockbuster pumped out to make money. Like sure, that's what it did. But there's a lot of heart to this movie, and there's a huge human storyline here. Also, you know, I wanted to touch on this. I just saw it in Rotten Tomatoes. This movie was rated PG-13 for intense depiction of very bad weather. (laughs) (laughs) It does drop one F-bomb. I remember, Yeah. yeah. It's it is funny. It's like when you. But think it also these, has the line, "He's a corporate kiss butt, man." Yeah, they're really, uh, really judicious with what they threw in. It really could it could be a family movie. It would yeah. not be hard to make it a family movie. And when I say quote unquote family movie, I just mean like making it a PG or like yeah. taking some of the language out of it or whatever it might be. I mean, obviously, you could. I don't care if but, you have a conversation about language with your kids this is an easy family movie to do well I yeah think. but like even just getting it to a pg rating where there's like, like two cuts you have to make yeah where it where you immediately make it suitable for church families or whatever mm-hmm. it might be right and i think that's an interesting thing is like there are a lot of disaster movies or weather movies that like there's really no like quote unquote violence, right? Like there's like mm, scary yeah. storm shit. Maybe like day after tomorrow where the the wolves come in and fuck people <laughs> up. But like <laughs> the wolves. you know what I mean. <laughs> Which we're gonna talk about that later too. But uh, you know what I mean. I think there's it's a very specific type of movie, right? Where there is no individual bad. Guy. I mean, there's kind of a bad guy in this one, but they're so cartoony. They're not really yeah. bad guys, you know. So I don't know. I just think that's interesting. I don't really know where I'm going with this point anymore. But all right, we can go ahead and move into uh, does wrong what we don't like. Yeah, Jeff, let's start with this rival crew. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk oh wait, about I, I thought my, hold ahead, on, Riley. I thought we moved on to what we don't like. But you're bringing up the rival crew. Oh right, sorry. <laughs> yeah, with their ingenious writing that okay, well let's see, the rival crew is going to steal their idea, but how is their technology going to be different? Well, Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt, they have spheres that go up into the tornado. <laughs> this rival crew, well, our idea is different. Ours are cubes that go up into the tornado. It's just so... Uh, I, 
Are you just, kidding in, me? Are you? I was like, are you serious? In in the science like this, the shape is a meaningful design choice. I think it totally matters. No, it it, it didn't matter because it turns out it didn't work anyway until they put the pop can lids on it. Right. They had to make a little weather vanes. The alternate crew had big Biff energy from Back oh, to the yeah. Future. You know what I mean? Like the most cartoony, like what's he doing? We're going to do the opposite. You know what I mean? Like, it's Well, just... I really love that Bill Paxton, the first chance he gets, he is throwing hands with Jonas. Like <laughs> Jonas is on a TV interview and he grabs him by the shirt collar and shakes him like a rag doll. <laughs> I did like, I mean, I thought the people in the crew were fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I... Um, like fuck, every bad guy name? character actor known to man. Right. 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 How do you say Carrie's last name? Elwes. Yules? Oh. Elwes? Yeah. Are you sure it's not Yules? I went it's, Riley. I thought it was Carrie Yules. It's Carrie Elwes. Elwes? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we have this fight every single episode where we don't know how to pronounce someone's name and we always but disagree which on how to do it. But which owl is it, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I, I thought that crew was, was fine. I, plus, we didn't talk about this, it, his death is fucking hilarious. Like, <laughs> where they just... <laughs> they're just driving around and get impaled by a big old piece of metal. Like... His driver's like, hey, maybe we should listen to him. And Jonah says, no, keep going. This is another point. I, I want to make sure Riley can come back to the crew if he wants to. But this is a it bleeds into one of my major points of what's wrong with this movie, which is that their plan for every twister, let's drive into it. Let's drive <laughs> right into the twister and see what happens. Well, they're like, not called storm runners, Jeffrey. <laughs> but but like they don't even explain that their plan is to get close to it and then get the thing out and like open the top like i have no idea that's their plan until the third twister you know what i mean like i think their plan is to to drive next to it and i don't know jump out or like disengage something with a switch and it falls off the back but like they no, get they too just close want, yeah they just like leave it there yeah. yeah the first time they get too close to the twister because they drove right into it the second time they pretty much drive right into it. And the, the the final, when the bad guys die or the bad scientists or jerks or whatever, they just, they basically get too close to it as well. And they're never like, what if we turned around? You, <laughs> they're just like, no, continue driving into the twist. Well, I think that's yeah, like, on purpose, Hey, we're on a collision though, course with this. Because Bill and Joe try to tell them to turn around. And their driver then, even right. he makes a choice. He's like, maybe we should turn around. And but Jonas then you see, is like, it, it, no, keep going. You see it, them it, pause. It, Go ahead, Riley. No, I was gonna say. Well, it's like at that point they're like, it's obvious you're on a collision course with the tornado. It's twenty it's feet like, away. We're we are so determined. It's his to be hubris. Bad guys. It's Icarus. No. <laughs> this is like it's the Icarus story. No, I'm sorry. No, no person, no storm chaser. This man's a scientist. He's not gonna sit there. <laughs> it is the discovery like, of the century, Riley. I don't care. We are gonna drive <laughs> through this. This is like a '60s action movie where they like show someone like going towards them to punch, and then they cut to the guy's face, and he does a big surprise thing, <laughs> and then they punch him in the face. That's this movie with the twister. Like if they're <laughs> driving right up next to it, and they cut to their face, and their eyes get big, and then they get sucked up into now, it. You know what it is? They're it's twenty yards it's, away from this. It's the steamroller scene in Austin Powers. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. I stand by the decision 
to have Jonas push his team further into the tornado. I think because he the whole point is that he's arrogant, he's cocky, and he gets his entire team killed because of it. I don't have a problem with him accidentally killing his team. I have a problem with the way it's shot where they get okay. so close before they That's realize fair. they're in danger. You know what I mean? Like if it if they were driving parallel with it and then it just converged and fucked them up, like I think that's that makes more sense than like let's drive right towards it. Maybe it's gonna change path and they just they just drive right into it. The eye of the storm is a thing. They could have been safe if they got in there. This fast is the enough. number two storm chasing crew <laughs> in the entire country. Whose entire whose entire uh, I guess all their research comes from just following Bill. Yeah. Well, that's why you're number two, not number one. Right. And now they're number zero. <laughs> Riley, what what else did you not like about this movie? Uh, Helen Hunt. I, Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton, they just don't work. Oh, that, I disagree. I don't get their chemistry the at all. The sparks were no, flying I, off the screen. No, I, I just don't see it. I think they it. make sense as a couple, though. See, my problem is that I, the entire movie, I kept thinking I was like, I kept thinking it was Bonnie Hunt. And I was like, man, she looks different. Like, I just, <laughs> like, I know she's younger, but she just looks different than how I remembered her. And so I didn't really, like, pick it up that it was her sister until almost the entire movie was over. So maybe that was part of it. But yeah, I just, uh, I don't, I don't buy them together. It, I don't know. Yeah. I totally do. Another, another thing. That's every um, ag couple from K-State. <laughs> uh, Bill Paxton's uh, fiance. It is so obvious the second we are introduced to her that we're like, oh yeah, so this isn't gonna work. Yeah, we're not supposed to. We're not supposed to root for them to get back. Together I think that's or to fine. Stay together. I think that's totally fine. Well, I, just, I feel like that just makes the character worthless. Like, yeah, this is fair. I, if he would have come alone and said, "I need you to sign these divorce papers," the story would be no different. <laughs> I, I want to touch on, I texted you guys, but I really miss the era, and this was an extremely 90s thing, but where movies, a significant plot point was that somebody really needs to get divorced. <laughs> like a huge 90s thread. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I think their chemistry worked for me. I get why they had Melissa, just because like it makes it more realistic that Bill is like, for the first half of this movie, he's telling himself he's invested in this relationship. And I think if she's not there, Bill immediately is just like, yeah, okay, you know what? You're right. <laughs> um, all right, this one's not really character story driven, but the music choice in this movie. Um, what? No, 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 hear me out, hear me out. Are we talking uh, score? No, not score. Okay. No, 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 soundtrack. Okay score's pretty good you know like when we're in the action scenes but then when it hits like it's supposed to be like heartfelt and you go into like these like i don't know it'd be like an emotional 180 to like alanis morissette type 90s music yeah that's fair and it just maybe i i just don't like that kind of music but i mean i i I hate alanis morissette in this in this movie, it just yeah the the songs just sucked in it. 
I, and you know what? Something about it just made it feel extremely 90s to me, so I didn't have a problem with it. Maybe that's it. I, maybe it's just the 90s. Like, they just plugged some 90s music in there. I and... just... I And I think it's probably more accurate. Or, And, I, you know, I was still, like, a kid throughout most of the 90s, or throughout all the 90s. But, like, I think I have a higher nostalgia for the 90s. I don't know about that. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. Uh, Like, you... It's... Okay. You have probably more nostalgia for, like, 90s cartoons and, like, your 90s shows and whatnot, like uh, Power Rangers, etc. But I think I have just, like... I'm more of, like, the adult alternative side of the 90s, which, as a child, I did not appreciate, but now I just... I'm real big into it that's fair there are so many good hipster jokes for this conversation that i've been choosing not to make (laughs) shut up nerd you know i'm more like an avant-garde fan of the 90s you know what i mean i'm just a 90s kid i like i I, I like the part of the (laughs) 90s that most people don't like (laughs) i miss that friends it's pretty good (laughs) i have a hot take friends isn't good Do you also hate Forrest Gump? I do. <laughs> he does hate Alanis Morissette. I hate Alanis yeah, that's Morissette. that's factual. I hate Forrest Gump. But so, and I'm not saying that I like. Also, my it's headphones just, came unplugged like, for that whole conversation where you guys were doing a bit. So I'm not sure if I'm just repeating exactly what you guys said. No, I, I'm just saying it in front of you. I can it, do it again. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, like I've said about the '80s, like liking this stuff doesn't make you unique or interesting. I'm just I. I really love shitty alternative stuff from the 90s. I started out listening to Creed as a bit, and now I frequently actually listen to Creed. I don't know. I just accept the 90s. <laughs> With that... water pearl. <laughs> Welcome was, to Was the bit where you life. end up liking Creed supposed to somehow indicate <laughs> that you are a bigger fan of good <laughs> no, no i'm saying there's a very specific aesthetic of the 90s that i like creed hey man captures that aesthetic i, I listen to creed captures that aesthetic <laughs> it makes sense to me God. you don't even like the 90s you don't even like creed <laughs> I'm true not, 90s kids love Creed. I'm not doing the true 90s kids thing. I'm just saying, like, there are things from the 90s that I like more than Riley does, and there are things from the 90s Riley likes more than I do, and Twister captures more of the things that I like from the 90s than Riley does. There you go. There you go. There you go. That makes sense to me. Okay. <laughs> it took but me forever the way you were to get first there. describing it was... was pretty funny yeah but I, yeah i was like I, I wouldn't say you're more nostalgic for the night i more no. nostalgic for our stuff that we like from the 90s yeah 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 i wouldn't say because i don't listen to creed i'm not nostalgic for the 90s well actually i will stand by that <laughs> I, I, I'll, I i like the hits get ready for the bachelor party by the way boys oh boy there's gonna be so much creed at that bachelor party should we record gonna be, an episode there gonna be oh, gonna be gosh. so many six feet from the edges all right Let's go ahead and keep moving into standout and letdown scenes. So I think you two might have the same standout scene. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure what mine is. Jeff, go ahead. I think the standout scene is is Meg's house. I think that's the most natural. It's 
does a lot of the world building for the group and makes it clear like why why bill like misses this you know and it's the first time where you can like really tell that i mean not that you can really tell that there's a relationship there in the past but like how closely ingrained he used to be and so if he's supposed to be this the star of the movie the hero of the movie i think that's the scene that does the most work um and and feels the most natural with everybody in it if this is supposed to be like it's not an ensemble movie but that's the time that it feels the most like an ensemble Mm. movie which is why i like it okay i i think i'm gonna go with i think i'm gonna go right after meg's house I think when they're on like the full force chase and they're like cutting through fields to get to the highway uh, where everybody's on their game chasing that tornado. Um, I'd say that's mine. That's a good one. Okay. So I was guessing you were going to go with uh, the scene Jeff picked at Meg's house. So my standout scene for this actually comes really early in the movie. And it's when they first take off after that first initial meeting where he goes to sign, get the papers signed and you have everybody immediately just take off after the tornado and you get their whole caravan and that whole chase. And they're all blasting their own individual songs that they listen to <laughs> as they go storm chasing. Yeah. I think that does the most legwork early in the movie to show you what this team is like and who each of them are. Like you've got, uh, Dusty blasting his like 80s rock and then the Richard Dreyfus looking guy doing the William Tell Overture. That was a good I love a good the William, Ter- William Tell Overture one when he's just racing down the highway and then the Oklahoma. I really like that this movie is just like a crowd of Oklahomans like raising hell too. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very specific energy and they capture it well like we talked about with Dusty's hat. But yeah, that so that scene I think really sets the table for the rest of the the characters mm-hmm. for the rest definitely. of the movie. Definitely, definitely. So letdown let scene. Let's hear it. I've got mine. If you're still thinking, I don't know. I just feel like any of the scenes where we're supposed to buy their chemistry just don't work for me. Mm, uh, big disagree. Has more to do with my view of them. Yeah. I think the final scene where the bad group dies because they get close, close, too close to the twister is pretty hilarious. Um, I had one written down. Maybe I'll think of it, but I mean, okay. those are all good candidates. Yeah, I think kind of what you were touching on with that first one. I think I'm going to go with it's a specific scene within Meg's house, like the Meg and Helen Hunt or Meg and Joe interaction. Yeah, it just it I, I I didn't like it. It just didn't do it for me. I yeah, I, I just I didn't like it. Plain and simple. All right, and for me, it's actually the opening scene, just where because I know it gets he gives Joe motivation. I don't think we need to see it, and also just I know it's supposed to be a heavy scene, but her dad getting just yeeted off the ground <laughs> by the tornado is also man has the grip of God. <laughs> <laughs> hold on to the door <laughs> just not let go those are farm hands baby <laughs> my calluses are stuck in the handle we did talk via the text group about that door that starts that one out 
And we were trying to figure out whether or not you could actually call the lock that was on that a deadbolt. No, see, it's... I think of a deadbolt as the the thing you turn, not the slide. Yeah, I do too. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, see, like I, it has to the fit lift inside and another one, slot. I call that a deadbolt. The what? The lift and pull one? Where you yeah, go... Like the, like the, like the oh, turn I forgot up and I don't slide have a over. camera today. Yeah, yeah, like the turn up and slide over, I don't think that's a deadbolt. I think of the one above the knob that you, like, turn. I think like, they're both deadbolts. I just think Dude, of... Has, has there to... been an advance in dead in advancement in deadbolt technology? <laughs> I think we perfected it. I think the, the one that turns in the door is the most secure one. And so, like, if I'm building a storm shelter... I'm not going to use the same lock that you put on a bathroom door. I've like, kicked it's just through not, a door before. I can, it's not going to hold anything. I can You've get, kicked through a door. Okay, tell me what, what what lock was on the door. It was that a deadbolt, the, the turny kind. The one that's inside the yeah, door frame? I, I went right through that guy. Were you on cocaine? What the fuck? No. You were just kicking open doors with deadbolts in them? It was, yeah, it was college, and we didn't care about our <laughs> deposit. I was no, I was not on cocaine. I just didn't care about the deposit. Uh, it's just, <laughs> just regular door kicking. Okay, uh, but anyways, I'm not saying he deserved to get eated, but I'm not surprised <laughs> he got eated. Build a better door. That's all I'm saying. Or you know, don't hold on to it. Get farther <laughs> yeah, back right. in the storm he was shelter. Protecting his family. I feel like the lesson that Joe should have learned is build a better door, not go out and learn about tornadoes. <laughs> Wrong lesson. All right. Let's move into our... Um, what do we call this one? Oh, yeah. The Domino Gleason Award. I feel like th- this is pretty easy, right? Yeah. It's Phelps and Hopping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's Dusty. Yeah. I'm not sure he needed to be in it more, but I loved his character. Yes. What I will say is I want more of him and Rabbit together. That, I think, is where we can really spotlight this award for the movie because... Philip Seymour Hoffman absolutely kills it as Dusty, and I think giving him more interactions with people who aren't Joe and Bill would be even better. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. All right. So before we move into our draft for tonight, uh, I just noticed on Rotten Tomatoes, I have an ad on the side for the Walmart drive-in. If you're listening to this podcast, please don't support that. It's it sucks. If you go to the it's Walmart dumb. drive-in, we're going to fight you. Yeah. <laughs> We will meet you at the drive-in. And You're going to end up you. in the suck zone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we will beat your dick off. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so Ty, tell, tell more about the drive-in thing. Oh, it's it's dumb. I mean, it. so they're offering these for free, and you have so many other options for a theater industry that is struggling right now. I'm not going to the theaters right now. Like, I'm not going in them. I'm still not comfortable with that. I'll do outdoor. I'll do drive-in. There are options. Support our theater industry and not going to Walmart offering the same movies as these other theaters are doing, either outdoor or uh, at drive-ins. They're offering the same thing, but they're doing it for free because they're a massive corporation who can do this and they can pre-package this industry like they've done everything else. And so they're attempting to just, they're attempting again to get a stranglehold on something that they don't even need to be involved in. So don't support it. Also, if you can, avoid doing the premium on-demand thing. Wait for it to come out in its normal time frame. 
just find a way to support theaters right now, you guys. If you're paying $30 for a premium on-demand movie, you got more problems to worry about. There are so many other things you can watch. Right, yeah, like, come on. Michael Mann's Manhunter is $4 (laughs) to rent. Well, you could buy probably two copies of it. It is $8 with $3 shipping on VHS. Buy that. Do that. If you're also looking for, for ways to support like local theaters, there's lots of really good like streaming you can do through mm-hmm. them where you can Screenland has been doing rentals. But even a chain even your B and B, your AMC, whatever, they're still a real theater. Support them. Right. Don't you support You can always Walmart. go buy concessions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like even if you aren't gonna go so that's a way to support them and allow them to continue existing in the future. We assume if you're listening to this that you must love movies. So please help us, you know, retain some of that culture here in the KC area. Obviously, rather you're in Wichita. So wherever you are, just kind of support your local theater as much as you can during this time. Yep. All right. So after wrapping up that tangent, let's go ahead and do our draft from IMDb's list, most popular natural disaster movies and TV shows. However, we will just be selecting movies. So three each. Oh, we need right, the we random a... number generator. Let's get those guesses, guys. At a 1 in 20? 14. 7. 14, 7, and I will go 19. It's a 3, so we'll go Riley, Jeff, me. Okay, okay. All right, I'm going to go with this movie. Uh, because are, we ex- are we excluding Twister from this list, obviously? I'm going to go ahead and say Twister wouldn't be on my list anyway. Okay. So we can go ahead and I uh, pick three new ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am not embarrassed to say that I like this movie, and I've watched it numerous times. I'm going to pick The Day After Tomorrow. Uh, solid pick. I have to go back to the list. He stole my... <sighs> He's got young Jake Gyllenhaal. Regular Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> Some ice. <laughs> Some wolves. Can I can I be really honest yes. with you about this movie? Can I tell you the dumbest thing ever? Let's hear it. This mo- this movie convinced me that climate change was real. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm so embarrassed to tell you that. But this came out what, two thousand four? Yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah, so I was fourteen. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to say, yeah, 2004, I mean, I'd be 11. So, yeah, I mean, climate change, shh. Yeah, it, I, it's it's a, an extreme exaggeration, but. <laughs> well, In, Inconvenient Truth came out, what? Hold on, Riley, are you oh, saying oh. that climate change has been greatly exaggerated? No, 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 I'm <laughs> saying the movie is a great mm, exaggeration. You're looking real <laughs> red and sweaty over there. You've been listening to InfoWars? <laughs> hey, man, Alex Jones has opinions just like everyone else. And they're all bad. <laughs> Hard stance. Alex Jones sucks. Yeah, big time sucks. Yeah, I don't think you're going to find any admirers on this pod. Um, Jeff, have you picked one? No. I've okay, we, we went off for... with an InfoWars. Oh, yeah. Got it. No, he was looking up when Inconvenient Truth came out. It came out actually after. Um, well, a day after tomorrow. So. Well, I would say ele- if 11-year-old me is picking between movies, I think I'll pick The Day After Tomorrow versus The <laughs> no, Inconvenient Truth like, starring Al Gore. Uh, 2006 was Inconvenient Truth. So who could say, you know, which one really influenced people on climate change more? I'd say The Day After Tomorrow. 
came it first. It probably got some tracking go traction going before Inconvenient Truth came out. So yeah, I mean, Al Gore tomorrow brought it to people's attention. Yeah, Al Gore saw it and he's like, "Oh, I need to do some research on this. This seems like a bad deal." <laughs> <laughs> okay, my disaster movie. I can't tell if it's really cheating or not, but it's on the list. So Armageddon. Damn it! Big old Michael Bay movie. Bruce Willis, Billy Bob Thornton, Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler. I was going to take it only because of of Ben Affleck drunk doing the commentary for it. <laughs> I love that you pick movies based on the commentary that no one else in the entire world has ever. No, I think that before. one's actually pretty famous. Yeah, that one's well known. Because doesn't he him. like shit on the movie? He he shits on the movie and he rips Michael Bay. <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right. All right. Um so for my pick, there is... Sorry, I completely kind of steamrolled you on that one, Jeff. No, you're Any fine. other reasons why you picked that one? Nah, it's. I think it's right. self-explanatory. Yeah. All right, so there's a hurricane in this movie, and I'll call it a significant part of the movie. So I'm taking Alexandra Aja's Crawl. Oh, damn it. <laughs> That's two off my list right there. I knew you were going to take it if I did. I love so Crawl, I man. To. Crawl's so good. I it's it's one of my favorite theater experiences in the past 10 years. And I don't even think it was so fun. I don't even think it's that good, but I love it. You know what I mean? Like mm. I don't know if it's necessarily even objectively It's a fun movie. Yeah, it's, it's just super it's just fun. fun, man. Yeah. All right, Riley. All right, number number 2 pick or number 1 pick of the second round. All right. I think this is a pretty cool movie. I'm going with The Perfect Storm. Damn. It's rated at 6.4. I think it's actually a better movie than that. I'd have to go back and revisit it. But I, from what I remember, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Obviously, you know, the 80-foot wave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. I think that's solid. Jeff, what do you got? Let's see if you're going to take my third pick. Um, my next pick is Deep Impact. All right, I'm um, safe. I'm safe. Are you going for the meteor trifecta? <laughs> I I probably won't, but I actually do like Deep Impact. I like I like Elijah Wood in it. I think he's really fun, like as a young Elijah Wood. You know what I mean? He's got um, a little dirt bike. Yeah, and the entire idea that there's like a limited supply of like shelter, and people are like fighting to get in, and who should get it? Like, I think that's a very interesting part of any disaster movie right who gets to live and who dies basically Mm -hmm. is such a compelling point and so i i saw that first in deep impact and i think it's something that has been replicated a lot in other movies you know what i mean like i think it's i don't know if it necessarily started there but like i i just see that all the time and i always think of deep impact all right that that's a good pick so this one i haven't seen but going off the resume alone pompeii Starring Kit Harrington, one Jonathan Snow. But the real selling point here is uh, it's directed by one Paul Anderson. And I'm not talking Paul Thomas Anderson. I'm talking about the good one, Paul W.S. Anderson, director of Event Horizon and Mortal Kombat. Oh, my gosh. How is that movie on this list? <laughs> I do not know. It, people... Was this in theaters? It grossed $23 million. Yeah. I. <laughs> I, I can't tell you anything about it. This I'm looking at the poster, and this poster, I mean, it looks like a movie. You know those movies that end up on, like, 
like the dark areas of Netflix where it's like obviously a ripoff of another movie. Yeah. It looks like one of those. So I I think my favorite takeaway from the poster is that he's going to fight the volcano with a sword. Well, he's Jon Snow. That's what I'm getting from that one. If you stab the volcano hard enough, it'll go out. <laughs> All right, Riley, last pick. Last pick. Um, another. This is another. This is an old favorite. Old Sunday afternoon TNT movie. I'm going with 1997's Volcano. Oh, damn it. Tommy Lee Jones uh, basically drives around the whole time. Uh, and then I remember <laughs> they used. Uh, Oh, what do they use? They use something to just block off the lava in the town. <coughs> like highway dividers or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. It's quite a movie. <laughs> but you know what? Then again, all these are. Oh, man. I don't know what I have left that I've actually seen. I mean, seen. Jeff, there's one that if you were trying to pick Volcano that you can easily take here. I know. I mean, I thought about Dante's Peak. I don't know that I've actually seen it all the way through. It's good. I like it. Um, same with the core. I don't know that I've seen that all the way through. So, oh man, I don't even know what I'm going to pick. You guys took all my other ones. I'm going to cheat. This is the end is not on this list. Oh. It, is an excellent, <laughs> it is an excellent disaster movie. God, I love that movie. I'm going with that one. That one would be fun to do the full treatment for. Yeah. And do an yeah, episode over. Okay, so my last pick I'm saving the best for last because with a cast like John Leguizamo, Zoe Deschanel, and Mark oh, Wahlberg. Oh, no. Yes, sir. Oh, the Happening by M. Night Shyamalan. I <laughs> refuse to say that that's a natural disaster movie. The, what is more by, natural by coming than trees? Out, What's by, more no, natural no, no. than trees? You, you, you cannot come out and say at the end that it was the trees the whole time that was doing this. That does not make it a natural disaster movie. What is more of a natural disaster trees. than trees <laughs> making you kill yourself? Rogue trees are not a natural disaster. Mm, They're a natural disaster if you're Isengard. <laughs> <laughs> we have to end on that because that joke is perfect. We can't can't top it all right ratings jeff i think this is a i'm between a six and a half and a seven i think it's i think it's super fun um i think there's some 90s-ness to it that works for it um and certain parts that don't so i think don't get I'll, me started on the 90s i'll land yeah uh i'll land at a six and a half i think that's, I think that's where I'm going as well. Um, I was caught right in that. I think letterboxed, I'll bump it up to a three out of five or a three and, three a, half and a half star. Um, yeah. But in my mind, it's a six and a half. Um, it's fun. Yeah, like you said, it's fun. Um, it's just, it's good, not great. Yeah. Well, I yeah. big time disagree because it's a great, not good. And I actually did bump this up from what I previously had it on. I think actually watching it on VHS, I uh, did a lot because this was the first time I used the VHS for it. I'm giving this a nine. I, this movie, there's a really not a lot that I don't like about this movie. I get that there are parts of it that are not good or didn't age well, or just like don't work. But for me, 
almost every single part of this movie works. And I guess I just like the 90s more than you. There you go. <laughs> just real 90s kids, you know? Yeah. Only only true 90 kids understand. <laughs> only 90 kids. Total. Only 90 <laughs> kids will get it. <laughs> I am one of the chosen many. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been another episode of Who the Hell is This For? Thank you guys for listening and stay safe out there. Have a good one. Bye.